Hi, everyone. This hey is folks. Alex. And this is Zach. We want to make one thing very clear uh, to any listeners of this show. Uh, black lives matter. All black lives matter. We stand with you. We stand with the protesters. We love you. We care about you. Stay safe out there and enjoy the show. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Hey folks, we're, we're doing one of those episode dealies. You know, like one of those episodes that we do. I know it has been forever. I feel like I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. For all of my life. I'm Alex. And I'm Zach. And this is... My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. Every two weeks, I know it seems like forever, but here we are, folks. Yeah. We're back. Things are just, you know... Uh, the good news is we're back in Pittsburgh. The good news is, yeah, we're home. We're back from seeing my folks, which was great. We we loved seeing them. They're they're great people. You know what? For the time being, you know, it's just better for us to do a bi-weekly, a bi-weekly schedule. We, we had four episodes recorded. We had two of them edited, and then we released those two on day one. And so very quickly we caught up to our backlog and we were struggling to it was becoming a thing where I I I felt like the quality of the podcast was was potentially beginning to suffer and this two weeks gives us a little bit more breadth of time it allows us to build up a bigger backlog and it's just it's going to be best for everyone. Yeah. You guys get better content and we get a little more time for our own stuff. Exactly. So we appreciate you all who are sticking it out with us. We we truly do enjoy doing this. And I just have to really give it up to my babe who just edits this whole thing and does all of the sound stuff. I just am like, all right, tell me where to show up and when and I'll watch the episode and I will give you uh, my unfiltered comedy. And then, then I will filter it. Yeah. <laughs> with, a, with a fine tooth comb and and shake out all the best bits hey it's it's time for it's time for mental health corner mental health corner we've both been you know enjoying a, a little bit of free time now and again what have you been doing babe oh so so i feel like it's been a while since i have treated myself to something and one thing i've been struggling with in quarantine is maintaining a healthy work life balance as I've been working through that and being like, you know, self-care is important. So for Treat Yourself 2020. Donatella, T-Mobile. Three words for you. Treat yourself. Treat yourself 2020. I decided, um, I was really going back and forth. I'm a very big RPG fan. So I was very excited when Nintendo announced, oh, Paper Mario and the trailer looked awesome. This new combat looks super intriguing. Um, and I'm still going to play the Paper Mario. But one of the thing I've been reading in reviews is there's not like any aspects where you're able to level up or the badges were something I loved about the N64 original game. Anyways, I could go on about Paper Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I did a little research and found that a new version of Harvest Moon's coming out. A what? A spiritual successor to Harvest Moon? Well, there's actually there's two, there's act, an actual Harvest Moon that has been announced by Natsume that's coming out later this fall. And in the comments section, buried, they're like, "Hey, just uh, so you know, the original creators of Harvest Moon split off to make their own name under 
the name of Story of Seasons. And so it's like the original Harvest Moon, but better because all of the ones that are now under the trademark uh, Harvest Moon game title kind of have sucked for the past <laughs> several years. So it's Harvest Moon, just not called Harvest Moon. It's literally the N64 version. There are characters in this new Switch game that just dropped on the 14th that are identical to the N64 and ex- but reskinned. I am loving it. It's delightful. Uh, there's chickens and cows and there's the fresh new stories. And it's just really a refreshing, updated take on a much beloved game. So story of the seasons, uh, friends of mineral town, highly recommend. It's so, it's so funny that in the age of coronavirus, so many people are now drawn more towards games that require you to, like go outside and do daily chores and like have a job and people like ah i miss i miss real life how about you though babe what have you been doing (laughs) oh i did a thing too that's right one of my favorite games of all time uh don't at me is no man's sky i love it if you haven't played it or have only only played it for an hour when it first came out and then got your money back I highly recommend that you give it another shot or look into it because for the past four, five, however many years it's been out, they've been putting out at least a big update every year and it's been getting bigger and bigger and now it is, it's every bit the game that they wanted to release in the first place and a lot more. Sean Murray put out a tweet a few days ago and it was cryptic and confusing And it was this two-second clip of just feedback and noise and, like, visual noise. And people, of course, started breaking it down. They're like, oh, let's let's, let's settle in for a big ARG because we're going to find out, you know, all this stuff. And he might release another clue tomorrow. No, two days later, he just dropped the patch. He just put it out there. He's like, here here it is. No, here it is. There's no game. There's no drip feeding you information for months while we get it ready. No, here it is. It's here. It's here. I love them. So thank you, Hello Games. They are the epitome of the underdog. They're the comeback kid. The comeback kid story. I wish they, you know what? Why don't they make a movie of that? I <laughs> they truly <laughs> They did make a movie. It's called Internet Historians, The re of No Man's Sky. Go watch it and thank me later. Anyway, this new patch introduces like derelict freighters that you can find in space. And then you go inside of them and there's all this creepy malfunctioning software. And sometimes there's alien bugs and there's stuff to loot. And it's just this neat, cool little thing that adds a nice fresh slice to the game. I didn't really have as much of a reason to like go to space and like explore around. There were a couple of anomalies here or there, but now with these freighters, it like gives me reason to upgrade my, my blaster. It gives me reasons to upgrade my shotgun, all these things that I didn't engage with before this new system encourages. And I just love that about No Man's Sky. I feel much like they don't give us the patch we want. They give us the patch that we need. And to anybody who is like, why didn't they do a exploration patch instead? Stop it. They didn't have to give you anything. And they did. So you just shut your mouth and, and download it and enjoy it and like it because it didn't have to happen at all. Damn, does this game look pretty with this new patch, the bloom and the lighting? Oh, Ugh. they did a whole it visual. looks like a brand new game. It's really, really good. Our two game outside of Avatar game recommendations. Go check out the Harvest Moon that's not Harvest Moon story of seasons. Uh, Friends of Mineral Town. Uh, yeah, and, and No Man's Sky. It's cool. It's great. It's fun. They've 
done a lot a lot of work on it like tooling it up and making it prettier and making it run better and it's just it's worth your time if it wasn't worth your time before it certainly is now so about that episode i think we got an episode i think we do we gotta gotta watch (laughs) uh so this is book one water chapter 14 the fortune teller so we we start at the very beginning with a ang reacting to katara's affection montage well this is previously on avatar and i think this is only on netflix right now if you have like the blu-ray or any other compilation uh this may not be on there so we never know what little edits netflix has made under the hood we get a, a a veritable who's who of ang misinterpreting katara's positive affirmations as romantic i believe we've probably called attention to every single one of them on the show but yeah we get ang being hugged and like blushing and smiling big and then we have him smiling as he's staring at her and Sokka being like hey wipe that grin off your face that's my fucking sister and ang's like oh, oh me <laughs> who i'm and, just i'm just happy yeah that's right i'm just happy uh <laughs> becomes very obvious what this episode is going to focus on. Okay, good. So we open up with the gang on a beach next to this picturesque lake. Yeah. It should be on a postcard, really. Beautiful camp campsite. There's always beautiful campsites in the show. They've gotten, honestly, by now, they should be getting really good at setting up camps and lighting fires. Mm-hmm. We immediately are hit with some action where this beautifully drawn fish that is beautifully drawn ugly fish it is beautifully colored its face however (laughs) it's blue and green and and we get the really high-paced like music like something's gonna happen and just for a split second we almost get a slow-mo as it we just chagrins like the cheshire cat at the gang we see that this fish has resting fish face (laughs) he is taunting us And Time Lord Iroh starts his wonderful live tweet stream, which we love looking through as we go through the show bit by bit. The fish has this really recognizable face. And you if you've seen it before, but you just can't place it, I couldn't place it. But then I, I don't think it is reminiscent of a certain character, but of a style. So I, I went to Miyazaki and Ponyo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this fish could be like Ponyo's creepy uncle, uh, or just any other anime with fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is. He looks like a disgruntled old fish who is very, very pleased at how difficult he is to catch. And Sokka's like, that fish is fucking taunting us. And while we were staying at my parents' house, we were out in our back uh, backyard doing D and D at the table, and there was this duck that just. He kept on laughing at us. And I know what Sokka's going through. Because I wanted to chase down that duck and say, hey, knock it off. Don't What's so qu- funny, duck? What you quacking at? What you quacking at, bitch? Babe, hold my dice. So then so then Sokka, uh, he decides to tra- catch it. And he goes to the fishes, cast his line out. And he's like, what the hell? What happened to my fishing line? And Aang goes... Oh, you know, that thing that we use for our survival to gather food? I I took it. I didn't think you'd need it. He, you know. Aang, in this moment, rolled a nat 20 on his crafting check, but in did not so. even think 
yeah. about rolling survival. In doing so, defaulted to a one in survival. The group now has a minus one moving forward yeah. to survival checks. He takes their fishing line and he weaves it into this like desperate like thirst necklace that he then presents to Katara and he's like, here, look, here, I made you a thing. Look, I made you a thing. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? This necklace is, well, is quite beautiful. It's well done. It's well made. It is. It also looks like something that I would find at a gift shop in a Ron John's by, like, the beach. Uh-huh. And so she puts it on. She couldn't be happier. And then we get a, we get the same filter that I used when I, when I did that bit about Sokka and his apple. Ang looks at Katara the way Sokka looks at apples. She's got them apple bottom jeans. <laughs> she's boots she's with a... the fur. Boots with the oppa fur. <laughs> All the benders were looking at her. Ang is beside himself. He's like, "Oh, it's just, are you you're are you hot? Hot? You're hot? You're not. What am I? What? Are, uh, uh, um, you uh, it look uh, good." <laughs> Meanwhile, in the backgrounds. Sokka is just Sokka's getting going, fresh with his fish. He went bare, straight up bare grills <laughs> on this fish and just took his his spear. He, he pulls out and his, his boomerang. He's, he's like, he all right. pulls out his boomerang like he's gonna like chop this fish's face apart with his bare hands. Sokka is a character. Yeah, he is. To put it lightly, but to be fair, we clearly know Ang can't fish, so this group would have starved by now if it had not been for Sokka. Right. Totally. After Ang fumbles, Sokka is all smooshy smooch. This is the same exact thing my par- my brother and I used to say to my parents growing up whenever they showed any form of affection. Because we were brats. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, this, and the fish uh, does exactly what I'm sure my parents wanted to do. Just straight up <laughs> slap slap Sokka in the face. <laughs> Sokka like, has his moment with this fish. Katara's like, yeah, and you know what? This was really nice, and you're just so cute, you know, just like Momo is. Yeah, you're such a cute little guy, you know, a good friend. You know, like, like if there was, like, a zone, like, and you were a friend, you know, like, they would be right right at home in that in that place because uh. you're a friend. You know, you're my buddy, old pal. And Aang's like, his... his it's like he's a reflection in a mirror that's just slowly cracking and shattering as she says these things to him. So then we uh, we get our first big action scene of the episode. Uh, well, this, besides the fish. Besides the fish, which was action-packed. I, I, won't, I won't lie. Fucking uh, trouble in fish town. Sokka, uh, Sokka caught, skills caught the fish, but his poor charisma definitely got him what he deserved. Yeah, he his... Uh, instinct was not on on brand this this episode so yeah they get called over by this by this the sound of of growling and they encounter a i feel it was honestly not even you don't even hear a growl all of a sudden ang is just like look someone's getting attacked by a platypus bear (laughs) his passive perception here must have been through the roof well he's just got that lassie skill right the lassie feet what's that what's that ang Little little Timmy is stuck fighting a platypus bear down by the lake. <laughs> it's like Harry Potter when his scar starts hurting when yeah. Voldemort is also feeling down or plotting some way to take over the wizarding world. So they all show up and they all have their own 
opinions on what this old man should do. Who, by the way... I don't know what this old man had for breakfast, but he is... <laughs> he has his uh, agile O's. He, he's actually doing a lot of... He, he's doing a lot of airbender-looking moves. The way that he's spinning around and being evasive. He, This old man is very... He's an absolute unit. He is, he is doing just fine on his own. And they all show up and they're like... Do some stuff. Make some loud noise. Play dead. He'll lose interest. Run downhill. Then climb a tree. No, punch him in the bill. And then run in zigzags. It's, it's like if if Leonardo DiCaprio was in the forest in The Revenant fighting the bear. And there were a bunch of a bunch of pilgrims off to the side going, <laughs> hey, to, to, uh, lure him away with a piece of fruit. Uh, act, <laughs> act dead. Yeah. Roll yourself in urine and... <laughs> Start howling. Piss your pants and make loud noises. Because none of those things uh, are, are what needs to happen. And he, the old man just goes, it'll be fine. Don't worry. And Ang, <laughs> Ang jumps in and puts out this big gust of air. And he's like, whoa there. He like He's like McCree from Overwatch. He's just like, whoa there. And uh, it doesn't work. But... Then and then Appa comes in with the nat twenty assist. Yeah, and scares doesn't scare this platypus bear shitless, but rather eggless. <laughs> platypus bear lays an egg of fear and then scampers off into the into the river. Yeah, I think this old man was very much you know he could have been his old Leonardo DiCaprio and he would have survived. Yeah, he, he would have been fine. He would have made it. <laughs> and then he would have won an Oscar. Uh, for best performance. Leonardo DiCaprio, up until this point, was an, the, an actor that was nominated the most times without winning an Oscar. Yeah, he had to get brutalized by a man in a giant bear costume. <laughs> then Sokka comes up and he sniffs the egg, which just came out of this platypus bear's body. It can't smell good. What are you doing sniffing it, man? Mmm, lunch. <laughs> This old man just goes on about, oh, well, thanks for your help, but I really didn't need it. I was, I would have been fine. And they're like, wait, you, we, we just saved you. And he's yeah. like, yeah, but Lady Wu in the village, you know, or Aunt Wu, you know, she's, she helps me with everything. She she's said great. that if I, I would, I fought a bear, I'd survive. It's all good. <laughs> she, she told me that I would, I would bear grills the shit out of this walk back to the village. And I believed her. And so I, that's what I was doing before y'all came and, and interrupted me. You know, I've been trying to win an Oscar for my entire life. And I finally went to this. I resorted to going to this fortune teller to say, what should I do? And she's like, hey, if you want to win an Oscar, you got to go fight a platypus yeah. bear. I almost got mauled to near death by a bear. It would have gotten me an Oscar. And then you rascals had to show up and save me from. That's why I was moving so swiftly. I couldn't use my hands because I was recording the thing on my phone right. this entire time. You just messed you up. It. You just messed up the best TikTok of the my entire life. You pieces of shit. He's like, yeah, this Aunt, Aunt Wu. She'll just tell you what you want to hear, and it'll come true. And uh, Sokka's like, wait a minute. So Sokka's like, wait a minute. That's confirmation bias and cold reading. That's that's a those are just two tactics just employed by the hucksters and tricksters. And he's like, oh well, she knows the future for real. And Katara's like, oh uh huh, yeah, that sounds great. Let's go do that. So they take a very a, yet another detour. Yeah. Because they saw the billboard for the roadside uh, attraction. <laughs> it said uh, five miles. Uh, uh, right at the gas station 
old Aunt Wu's future predictions. And as this old man's walking away, he's like, oh, by the way. Aunt Wu said if I met any travelers to give them this. And it's an umbrella. And they're like, why would I need this? And immediately it starts to rain. And Katara does this really cool waterbending trick where she... It's very neat. Is able to, it's very brief, but she just like makes this little like air pocket above her head and is able to make her little umbrella so she, she can slip in under the umbrella with Aang. And then Sokka's like, oh, wait, you're telling me I ain't buying this shit. I ain't drinking this Kool-Aid. This old lady, she doesn't know what she's talking about. It's just been gray out all day. <laughs> of course she said it was going to rain. Sokka's like, listen, sometimes if you if you ask for a J name in a big crowd of people, someone's going to know a Jacob or a Jonathan. It doesn't mean that she can fucking tell the future, guys. <laughs> Look, even I can do this. It's going to stop drizzling. Yeah. And Which, technically he wasn't wrong because there's a probably three second delay before it stopped raining. So, But he's, yeah, come on, Sokka. You know that the rain is going to be the most inconvenient no matter what the situation, whether it's stopping or starting is the least convenient thing to do. It's going to do that. The, like summer storms. Come on, dude. You, yeah. I mean, you, you could have said, we're just going to keep walking together or, Hey, we're going to reach the village. Sock has clearly never been to Pittsburgh because yeah. some of these, we can see from our back deck, which is a beautiful view. We'll literally see these giant summer thunderstorms roll through across the park and then it will just stop in an instant. So sorry, Sokka, but you by, put your foot in your mouth on this one. By the way, Sokka, you're, you're right. <laughs> like throughout this episode, whenever you criticize Aunt, Aunt Wu, uh, I believe that you are right, but you're not doing a very good job of, of defending your case here. Yeah. I, and I think the moral of the story here is just confirmation bias. Yep. <laughs> cute Appa shake. Appa shakes when the rain's over. It's very cute. Appa appreciation moment. Yeah. So we start our pan up from the village with these adorable little duck chickens. I love them to pieces. They sound like 1940s early sci-fi alien garble noise. Uh, they're very cute. And then we get the, the gang walking into town and they arrive. And the, the, the greeter for Aunt Wu is like, Aunt Wu is expecting you. Which he, every intern is trained to yeah, say. He says it no matter what. Just like the cold stone people are, are supposed to sing to you every single time you, you tip. Uh-huh. And why does the greeter look like he is some weeaboo char- wannabe character <laughs> out of a kingdom? Like, he looks like he was a scrapped... He's an OC. Uh, he, 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 no, he was he was a scrapped Final Fantasy character that was going to be in the a Kingdom Hearts crossover for one of the the next PSP game, but <laughs> the PSP. Well, we see what happened there. Uh, I this dude like belongs on a fucking body pillow. <laughs> this dude is wee bait all the way. Yeah. So they go inside, and of course, Sokka's like, Psh, like he knows he knows what's up. He's like, they, yeah, they. He's like, they say that to everyone. Because <laughs> you know Katara was probably like, see, look, she was expecting us. They say that to everyone. It's about creating an experience. Right, exactly. Freaking Aunt Wu, more like Ember Island medium. And then, so they come in, they sit down, and uh, of course, Aunt Wu's little assistant, Mang, uh, has a immediate 
huge heart throbbing crush on Aang. And two times in one episode, we get another sta- our stand filter. Yeah, we get the stand filter comes back. Hello. So Katara is trying to quit back at or get Sokka to quote open his mind. She's like, "Come on, Sokka." There are just some things that can't be explained. Wouldn't you like to get some insight into your future? And I'm like, wait a second there, Katara. (laughs) You are saying there's just some things that can't be explained, yet you're relying on someone to try to explain Explain them them, to you? It's a paradox here. It's a a bit of a paradox. Katara is like... Katara's like, don't you want to live in a world where magic is real? And then she, like, water bends some crazy snake of water around. And you're just, magic's already real, Katara. How much more magic do you need in your life? Because I live in the real world. And uh, you, while you're off training, doing your fanciful water magic tricks, uh, I'm doing my fucking taxes. (laughs) It sucks living in the real world. Take your water and fire and earth and air magic and fucking enjoy them uh, because our world don't got any of that shit. I well, I'm not I'm not salty at all. Well, Mang is tries to be polite and is like, can I get you some tea or some of Aunt Wu's special bean curd puffs? I'll try a curd puff. Just a second. Shh, she immediately <laughs> like shuts him down. She's like, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Dreamsicle over there. Okay, excuse me, Ang. Would you uh, like something? But. We'll have um, to make some bean curd puffs. Yeah, so stay tuned because um, I may make some steamed buns with bean curd, uh, and we will let you know how they turn out. Mm-hmm. So Mang is very smitten, and we learned that Aunt Wu had promised that she would marry a, a handsome young man with big ears. And well, Ang's got Ang's got some big ones, as Sokka points out, because he's glad that. He's, his his ears aren't getting ribbed this time. He's he's really self conscious. They're both really self conscious about their ears. It's the it's it's the ear gang. Seriously, back off. I will not back off. I bet elephants get together and make fun of how large your ears are. So Mang and Mang goes well. Like the previous client walks out and it's this beautiful lady. And she's like, Oh Mang, Aunt Wu just said I'm gonna meet my true love and he's going to give me a panda lily and. Mang's like, oh, that's so romantic. And of course, I'm like, all right, these panda lilies. <laughs> and I look them up and they're, they seem actually to be based off a real life flower. Very cool. It's a type of lily called panda joy. And it is instead of black and white, uh, as we'll see later in the episode, but uh, a very deep, deep burgundy. Mm. Um, almost like my favorite flowers, which are black dahlias. Uh, not the murder or the metal band, uh, but the black dahlia right. power. So then um, she says, boy, I wish I, I hope someone gives I hope my true love gives something to me, like motioning towards Aang. And hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah, Aang, nudge, is, nudge. Aang is literally just like, good luck with that. And uh, boom, she gets shot down. She gets the same like m- cracking mirror like facade as as he says this and uh she goes to deliver the the bean curd puffs and looks ang in the eye and has this moment and ang doesn't share that moment he's just like all right here you're just bean curds thanks so much bye ang can't take a hint from katara mang can't take a hint nope. from ang and it's just a 
you know, what would have completed this circle is if Katara just had a crush on Mang. Like, <laughs> she she was jumped rails for an episode. She, she just, she just <laughs> completes the triangle. Yeah. Aang <laughs> all of a sudden is like, you know what? I need to take a bathroom break because he sees <laughs> Katara. She's like, well, oh, me, I'm I'm next. So Katara goes back to get her fortune read by Aunt Wu. And She's down for it. She's the best kind of gullible sap that these these uh, hucksters are looking for. Yeah. Well, when we also meet Aunt Wu, she looks like a drag queen version of the matchmaker from Mulan. So I'm totally I'm totally living for Aunt Wu right now. Aunt Wu, the herbalist from the last episode, and Grand Grand are kind of making up like the Avatar golden girls you just throw in uncle iroh to be a yeah. little different the in- fourth the fourth you know woke version of the golden girls the golden dragon girls if the girl if the girl scouts can can accept boys then well dang it so can the golden girls we have this this collection of power like badass old ladies who are often matriarchs uh they, they get, get together every Sunday to play pie show. Yeah, they they got it. They get together every every a bridge every weekend and play pie show. And I just that's just a, l- a lovely little image in my head now. Uh, so yeah, Ang goes and eavesdrops on this fortune, and she's like, "Oh, look at this line in your hand. I'll tell you more for three easy payments of twenty five ninety five. Well, well, she we we learn later in the episode that Aunt Wu doesn't charge for her services, right. which means she's a she's bad at being a fortune teller. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason to trick people into thinking you can tell the future is to get their money. As soon as uh, Katara goes back, Ang's like, "What are they talking about?" And Saka, who's just munching on some bean curd puffs like oh you know just girl stuff like marriage and how many kids she's gonna have so thanks uh Sokka you clearly have learned so much about you've learned a lot from your uh and we'll learn even warrior lessons we'll learn later you'll you've learned even more Uh, even more we get some straight up PUA garbage in this episode that we'll talk about later. So yeah, she's like, oh, you're, you'll be with a powerful bender. And Aang's like, hey, that's me. I'm a powerful bender. My name's powerful Aang, powerful bender, last name withheld. <laughs> he comes out and he's like, it's great. And Sokka's like, man, you look like you had a nice piss. And I, I get I get that. Sometimes you go in there and you're like about to burst and you, you finally get it all out and you come back. You come back and you get a little strut in your step. Like, man, that guy must have really needed to piss. So now it's Sokka's turn, and she doesn't even need to take him into the room. She's like, oh, you? You're just going to be miserable your whole life because you you hate everything. <laughs> Sokka's like, but you didn't even read anything on my thing. She's like, I, I don't need to. It's right there. It's all it's all out in the open, my, my dude. I can smell it on you. You're going to be sad and alone, and you're always going to think it's because women just won't give you the time of day. But it turns out it's you. It's your shitty personality. Get a better one. <laughs> So then uh, Sokka is sufficiently burned. He gets runs off to, to get some burn ointment. And uh, it's Aang's turn inside. So she takes him into this big, ornate room uh, with this big pile of bones in a bowl. And what I want to know is, where did she get these bones? The bones never lie. She just, the darkest part, is she just brings people in and she's like, ah, the future, your future is to become bones for my bone collection. I'm sorry, that's just your future. And, oh, okay, well, which bones do you want first? Do you want this arm or that? People just are just, just... Warning body horror. Uh, so, actually, this is a form of pyromancy, which is a form of divination and uh, 
oracle bones or reading these bones to discern some type of answer to a question that you would ask the deities was actually popular in ancient China. Um, And just like reading off of Wikipedia, diviners would submit questions to deities regarding future weather, crop planning, the fortune of members of the royal family, military endeavors, and similar topics. And these questions were then carved into the bone of the shell of uh, the oracle bone using a sharp tool. And then intense heat was applied and like the bones through thermal expansion would crack. And then the diviner or the diviner uh, would interpret the pattern in the cracks to figure out how the answer to your question might be. And it continued in China into the Zhao dynasty. Oh, so so Admiral Zhao comes so along. Admiral and... Zhao is like, hey, enough of this shit. All right. No, get rid of this. These bones, whatever. <laughs> but um, but also, fun fact, um, oracle bones and this practice may bear the earliest known uh, significant ancient form of Chinese writing. I think that's really freaking cool. So it just shows how much detail and attention was put into the show. Different ways of knowing in the history of it. I think appreciate the amount of detail it's a very cool, that went into the making of this episode. It's a very cool level of detail. I'm I'm just always picturing Aunt Wu as like, her, her predictions are very willfully uh, obscure, except for this case where, like, the bone literally explodes because fate is just, you know, <laughs> the DM is just moving things along. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, the, the bone know why, fucking shatters. Why did Aang have a oracle bone reading and <laughs> no one else did? Katara just had her palms read. Yeah. Or Sokka had nothing. Uh, we gave one look at him. She was like, oh. Uh, your life is going to be really just one sad pity party, be, be, like brought about by your own yeah. self, by your uh, own affliction, s- skepticism, and and lack of willing, lack of willingness to believe in fairy tale stuff like fortune telling. And she goes back to Katara, and she's like, "It's going to be a day of a day. The sun will rise tomorrow, and uh, tomorrow morning." Katara's like, "See, look, Sokka, the sun's rising." <laughs> It does that anyway, Katara. So yeah, this this these bones explode in this big, brilliant explosion, and she's like, "Holy shit! Like this is apocalyptic. You're going to face a big battle, and you're going to have all these crazy things that happen to you, and and the whole fate of the world is going to rest on what you do with your thing." And Ang's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got all that. I know all that already." If only you were there, I went on this like crazy dr- like spirit dragon and we went to Fire Fest and we saw Avatar Roku and Amazon Avatar Amazon Fire Stick was not there, but <laughs> what about like girls? <laughs> what about like smoochy smoochy girly girl girls? I want I want to know that stuff that you were so keen on giving Katara. Tell me that stuff. She's like, "You want to know about a a girl?" And he's like, "Yeah." She's like, oh, this bone, this little thing. Yeah, look, it says you'll meet a girl and it'll be great. <laughs> and he's like, all right, you fucking hell yeah. He gets everything he wants. So they show up to the plaza and after having their fortune, quote unquote, read by Aunt Wu and Sokka's still like, man, this is some bullshit. You're just saying that because you're going to make yourself unhappy your whole life. That woman is crazy. So uh, Leo DiCaprio, old Leo DiCaprio is back uh, and he's there. As we're in the town plaza. Yeah. And he's like, ah, 
we 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 count on our fortune teller to predict the clouds. We used to go up and check the volcano ourselves, but after she showed up, well, we just we didn't want to anymore, so we don't. So so there's clouds in the air, and he's like, "Wow!" Well, she just looks at the clouds and she goes, "Oh, look, a a a barely recognizable crescent moon. Uh, it's fine. Don't worry about it, everybody." And Suck is like, are you kidding? You, you can't take a day to hike up the fucking mountain and make sure that it's not going to kill everyone? He's like, ah, well, why, why bother? She she, she, she she, tells us. You know, like ever since 20 years ago when I started hearing everything on uh, Fox News, uh, <laughs> I don't need to, or and then just reading everything through memes on Facebook, I don't need to read a book. I just know that this is true. Like... Aunt Wu said, I'm not going to catch coronavirus, so there should be no reason for me to have to wear a mask at all. Here's my letter saying I can't breathe when I wear a mask. Yeah, here's my here's my little card that says Aunt Wu says that I don't have to wear one. So Katara hushes everyone and she's like, shh, everyone, everyone, everyone. Quiet. And it's like everyone, it's like... Man, like, quit flirting, I can't she, hear. She's one of the people at like on a golf course like that holds up one of the sides that says, quiet please, as one of the golfers are coming off before <laughs> they tee because, you know, white men in plaid carbo pants and uh, toughy ball hats uh, need complete quiet and concentration before they hit a ball with a stick. Hello, and welcome to the field, uh, lady... Aunt Wu is about to read the clouds. We need absolute silence. Um, as she approaches, uh, she uh, steps up onto the platform. Oh, and that's there, that's her. Oh, her caddy, uh, intern Brian. Who is holding her cloud book. Oh, man, that's we know and the energy's really flowing, folks. Yeah, we, we're going to get some, some hardcore predictions right here on oh. ESPN 8, the Yocha. She opens up her book and, uh, oh... The first prediction, and it is, oh, oh, it is a slightly bending arrow, oh. folks. What does that mean? Yes. We get a, the, there's a slight, okay, we can clap now. Clap, 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 clap. And uh, the sign's, the sign is now down, so we now also be quiet as she makes her next prediction. Oh. Hush falls over <laughs> she, the crowd. She just like. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. I can't eat. I can't She's just flipping through this book. Like, it's like a, it's like a notebook of cloud shapes. Um. Even worse, it is one of, it reminds me of one of those flip book day-by-day calendars that just sits on your desk and she had one that she stole from her last office job before she became a fortune teller and got ran out of town to become Aunt Wu. Uh, She had like this little uh, desk calendar and so she rips it off and is like, oh, bending arrow. Um, Yep, that means today, uh, good harvest. Everybody's like, yeah, all right, cool, good harvest. She's just like, oh, look, all this good news. Look at all this good news that I'm telling. Uh, oh, it's going to be a good year for twins. A waving crescent uh, cloud. That's uh, great for twins. And I'm like, oh, really? Because it just reminds me of some Pillsbury crescent rolls. And now I'm really hungry. Yeah, I just want some of them damn crescent rolls. The last one is just like, oh, and then she doesn't even really consult yeah, her book it here. Just she like just she totally looks at straight it. straight up makes it up. She's like. A curling cumulus cloud with a slightly forming knob on the end. Oh, yeah, the, the volcano's not going to erupt. We're going to be safe for another year. And you're like, what the fuck? She's like, oh, look, a horrible, weird, almost snail shape. Uh, that means that, uh, the uh, hey, the volcano's not going to go. All right, guys. All right. 
And so now we conclude that we're not all going to die, which is just great news. Everybody clap, 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 clap. Everyone's like buttholes are so tight in this village. Like this is the one time of year where they're all able to clap and like yeah. emote. They just three of them three, three of them shit their pants as they release their <laughs> clenched buttholes for the first time in months. We get this little like A side B side montage of Katara and Sokka exhibiting once again two extremes of the same coin. Uh, Katara has become addicted to advice given by by Aunt Wu, and for you know this happens a lot with people. They 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 get a lot of comfort from knowing or thinking they know their future, and they return again and again and and give more and more money. There are people that have given tens of thousands of dollars to fortune tellers because they truly believe that 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 this person has a gift. Don't don't give your money to the fortune tellers because guess what they they're not they're not telling your fortune they're just they're just good at making it look like they know more about you than they should and that's just a process called cold reading yeah in any in any case uh she's trying to get katara out of there because she's asked she's already on her fifth reading today and she's like what one more thing all right what is it should i eat a mango or a papaya for breakfast tomorrow papaya Tara's like, oh, dang, I hate papaya. And then we cut to Sokka, and he's going around looking at people. And he's like, he's like, look, okay, I, I can demonstrate this. I can, I can demonstrate this just fine. Uh, you, sir, uh, I'm getting a, a sense that that you uh, are you wear red shoes. It's like, I do wear red shoes. Uh, she told me to wear these red shoes. And he's like, ah, do you, do you think you'll meet your true love when they... He's like, yes, that's what she said. And he's like... Then if you're wearing them all the time, that's called a self-fulfilling prophecy. And he's like, so you mean it's going to come true? Oh, I know. She, I knew she was right. It's like no amount of logicking these people out will will convince them out of their delusions. Well, of course, because Sokka doesn't proceed to explain it to them like that. He's like, oh, of course it's going to come true yeah. and just screams at them. So, uh, yeah. Of, of, and then, you know, counters like... The pig pen of the village is like, I don't care what Mother Wu or Aunt Wu says. You have to take a bath sometime. And this man just like grins weirdly and walks away. He's like, he's like, little do you know, I actually enjoy my own filth. So there. Aang is getting some life advice from Sokka because as we've seen in previous episodes, like the Kyoshi Warriors, <laughs> this has gone extremely well. Sokka is like, just, you know, he's so woke and he's so knowledgeable. Yo, bro, I got this girl and like, he's like, Sokka's like, I know. And he's like, oh, we're really, and he's like, look, you, you're okay with it? Of course, <laughs> thinking he means Katara. And Sokka's like, yeah, of course I can. And you know what? This is what you got to do. And, and, your he, and then he puts on his fedora. He's like, time to go to work. Your problem is... You are too nice. You're just too nice, man. Uh, you just need to treat <laughs> women like total shit. Yeah. Be a total douchebag. Right, yeah. And then they will, like, have nothing to do but to acknowledge you. And then you know what? That You just, like, tell her how much she sucks and walks away. And you know what? She And she's not going to stand for that. Any woman that doesn't, well, then she wasn't 
worth your time anyways because she was so threatened uh, by your just reeking masculinity. Uh, t- uh, here, that's instinct. <laughs> here, Ang, you can you can read all about it. You can you can come to my seminar, and then he hands him a card, and it just says like how to pick up and demoralize women by Sokka. <laughs> Listen, they uh, call oh. me they call me the game bender because I got mad game. Okay? Yeah, this is the type of bending that Sokka does. He will bends, you know, cuz <laughs> he's not he doesn't ascribe to that magic crap and just because he's a non-bender doesn't by like traditional terms doesn't mean he still can't doesn't bend mean, things to his will. Yeah, doesn't mean he can't fuck. <laughs> um yeah. It turns out that if you want a person to like you, you should be a person worth liking. Wow, what what a concept. Yeah, I think this is one thing that, you know, has not aged as well about the show. Yeah. And what I appreciate now about shows meant for younger adults these days, like Steven Universe and Adventure Time, is it's teaching kids that, hey, so many of these shows show like, oh, no, you know, you, you communicate honestly, like adults, your feelings and like, you lay it out like it is and people like you it's, or they don't and you, you it, know what most times out of not they but they're probably not gonna like you back and that's okay but that's just part of life and you it's like, respect them as humans with their own free will and you move on so but yeah he gives them some really douchebag advice and then Mang comes up and says goes to say hello to ang and ang is like on a mission so he leaves and totally snubs her and Sokka thinks that it's him taking his advice he's like hey ang I was wondering. See you later. Hmm. Wow, that kid is good. So Aang props himself up, and as as Katara's coming out of her final session with with Aunt Wu, he's like, "Hey, I didn't see you there." He's trying to look like uh, <laughs> Rob Lowe from The Outsiders. You know, pops his bad boy collar, puts grease in his hair. That's okay. I'm busy with my own stuff. When somebody in a show says, act natural, and so you lean against a wall and act super cash like you've never done in your whole life, and uh, she's she's just like, oh, hey, what's up? And then leaves. And Aang is left there to look stupid because he tried Sokka's advice, and guess what? Uh, it didn't work because it's dumb advice. And then a, a duck, a chicken duck comes up and antagonizes him. And you were saying that you think they sound like farts yeah but i i think that they sound a little more like in kingdom hearts when donald duck is like incoherently screeching that's what the ducks sound like in this to me (laughs) (laughs) we get this scene in front of a yet another fine uh grown products cart this time fruit and not vegetables but i'm sure these people are unionized and Ang is trying to be all nonchalant and she's like, oh, what are you buying? And he's like, oh, you know, I don't really care. Whatever. I'm just doing my own thing. And he like takes a bite out of this apple that he does not pay for. He doesn't pay for this apple. What the fuck is up with Ang and vegetable carts? He needs to show some goddamn respect. These people need to unionize the fuck up and be like, hey, cut it out, Avatar. Quit eating our fruit as an affectation while you're talking and then forget to pay us. I think the cabbage carts and all of the small business owners of uh, Avatar realm need to get up and uh, fight back. Yeah. 
And so and so then after Aang snubs this merchant, another one. And then he immediately spits it out like it is the worst thing he's tasted. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Like he insults this poor this poor <laughs> shop owner right in front of You're her. You're a vegetarian and you don't like apples? I feel it's a pretty standard fruit. Yeah. Who the fuck doesn't like apples, Aang? Simple question, gentlemen. What are apples? <clears throat> Excuse me. You're fired. So then Aang sees a flower being given to a lady and it seems to work and so he draws the thinnest of connections and goes oh i need one of those flowers so cut to Sokka and ang climbing up the mountain i mean to attest to attest to uh ang the power of the flower is real <laughs> the flower power i will say babe uh i also love flowers and i don't know if you've ever got me any getting called out on this podcast folks I will, uh... Well, I've already said what my favorite flower is uh, in this episode, so you can have fun digging through that while you're editing. I I mean, I, I will come across it, because I listened to the, all, the whole recording. My favorite flowers, which are black dahlias. So, they're climbing up this mountain, and Sokka is is really good at climbing this mountain. He's just an adept climber. They, they these, these kids have a lot of, have a lot of good skills. Um... Because while they're climbing up this deft mountain face, they're also like just casually chatting about girls, and and Ang's like, she said to follow my heart, so that's what I'm gonna do. And so they get he gets to the top, and he's like, look a flower, and then he looks and he's like, oh look lava, oh look a flower, oh look lava, and then he realizes the truth. Oh no, Aunt Wu was wrong. My question is. The dude that got a flower from the top <laughs> yeah. previously, did he was either just really distracted, or he paid someone else to do it, or he was blind, because literally there's no uh, way that he would have been able to get up here, see, and not think to tell anyone. Yeah, he would have definitely seen the lava bubbling at the top of this mountain. Unless he just, he got a flower and he was just like, okay, great. Now. Awesome. And he turned around and went right back. He didn't even, didn't even feel the heat of the volcano on his face. That would probably honestly give him second degree burns. <laughs> so yeah, they realized this volcano is going to pop off just like Ang's Instagram. This volcano going to pop off. Sokka and Ang go return to the village and they see Katara staring begrudgingly at this door is like can you believe she won't let me in and after all the business i've given her but she doesn't even charge i need my future read at every possible second she's been cut off <laughs> and she's Aang, drunk on on fortunes ang is trying to say no like we got a problem and Sokka's like she was wrong about the mountain and the volcano and guitar's like yeah right and Sokka's like, no, but really, and then... Sokka, you tried to convince me she was wrong before. It's going to take an awful lot to change my mind. There's an earthquake or a sudden jostle as the volcano starts to erupt, and they cue back to the village, and they're in a standoff with the villagers. They're like, oh, look, is an minister of science and, and, and reason. They're trying to make fun of him, but they're just saying that he's being a reasonable and, and decently thinking human. They're just like, ah, you and your facts and logic, you silly science boy. Um, sorry, but been there, done that. We all know that everything that you got to say is just fake news. <laughs> I don't need to wear a mask. She gave me a car. Katara is 
Oh, but no, really, I I want to believe them too. But they saw this shit with their with their own eyes. Like we gotta we gotta go. We gotta, they're, mm. well, I heard Aunt Wu's prediction with my own ears. I got uh, I got an article or I got an article linked to me from Breitbart that said that lava actually is good for our village. Uh, and I need a tan anyways. <laughs> Uh, plus, we've seen Ash uh, show up in all of the latest food trends. So, isn't Ash good for you too? Like, er, like I've seen it in ice cream and mm-hmm. my skincare products. So, the once the gang realizes that, of course, logic and reason will not work out the door. Uh, they're like, but they will listen to Aunt Wu. So Aang, like, Aang defaults to his main strategy. Lie to them. All we gotta do is just hack their Twitter account <laughs> and uh, say, hey, uh, global warming uh, or climate change is real. The protesters are valid and uh, Russia hacked our elections. <laughs> uh, Aang's like, because he's learned nothing from previous episodes that uh, stealing is bad, sneaks in. Well, yeah, he sneaks into to to Aunt Wu's place, and we get this really nice little moment with him and Mang. And Mang's like, "You don't like me, do you?" And he's like, "Yeah, no, I like you." And but not the way I like you. Oh, I guess not. And so Mang is like, "It's cool. You want this book, right?" And Mang's like. Uh yeah, I I did. How did you How did you know that? She's like, oh, I've been stalking you and hacking your, hacking your Twitter and reading all of your posts and looking at your Instagram and stuff. And Ang's like, oh. <laughs> so their plan is to take these clouds and do some sweet cloud bending and bend them into a symbol that Aunt Wu will actually perceive as a threat. And so they find one, and it turns out it's just the, the dark mark. It's just the fucking dark mark. And so, yeah, so, so of course, Aunt Wu is like, oh, my God, look, it's a danger. Bad. And so then they, they develop their plan. They're going to dig a trench around this, this village to protect it from the lava. And so they, they, then they go about doing it. And so, yeah, so, so, of course, Aunt Wu is like, oh, my God, look, it's a danger. Bad. And so then they, they develop their plan. They're going to dig a trench around this village. They finally see the dark clouds in the sky, and they're like, okay. It's time uh, to take this shit it, seriously. So Aang is like, okay, if you're a earthbender, come with me. And one of the twins, very reminiscent of Andy and Ollie from, from Bob's, Bob's Burgers, Burgers is yeah. like, I'm a bender. I'm not. I'm not, but I want to come anyway. I love you, Ollie. I love you, Andy. I want to bend earth. Let's rub our eyes together. You can get my pink eye. Okay. Ow, 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 ow. And so they, they hand in hand, uh, earthbend some trenches they finally figured finished digging out these trenches and what we see before us is a truly apocalyptic scene here pans- this is what we can imagine what pompeii looks like yeah. before shit went down it pans down on ang and katara and Sokka, and there is this really great atmospheric ash falling that just really completes the like it's a beautiful beautiful scene it's really well done the only thing that i that, that it's missing is they don't have the the lasagna cheese topping lava that Land Before Time has. This lava looks decidedly less delicious than <laughs> Land Before Time's lava. 
this i this 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 lava splashes into this ravine and it becomes very clear that they didn't dig it deep enough it's definitely not gonna hold oh you know when you have like five minutes to prepare right right <laughs> dm's like all right you got like an hour what do you want to do like i want to dig a trench so then he rolls and he's like all right you dig a pretty passable trench <laughs> And uh, it's it's doesn't look good, folks. It's gonna overflow, and all of a sudden, Ang just fucking Chuck he, Norris's. Well, he remembers the the first, first two rules first of the two podcast. Rules of our podcast. Yep, bend air and don't not bend air. And folks, that's what he does. He bends the most baller, badass air we have ever seen on this show so far. The biggest wind wall uh, ever cast. He cast wind wall. On top of wind wall, and it it forms a rock. It's so badass that it forms a rock wall, and then Sokka flashes back to like directly what what uh, Aunt Wu said. He says, "Man, sometimes I forget what a powerful bender that kid is." And Katara's like, "Wait, what did you just say?" Nothing. Just that Aang is one powerful bender. What were the exact words you just used? And he's like, "Yeah, you know, powerful and bender." Because those. Prior to Aunt Wu, those two words had never been used <laughs> never in been the spoken. same sentence before, ever. Uh, and so they save the day. It's awesome. It's epic. It's cool. And then we get a cut to the, the villagers the next day, and we're wrapping up. And uh, Sokka's like, ah, so see, maybe you, should, you shouldn't listen to Ember Island Medium. So, so sometimes when she's trying to t- uh, talk, talk about someone who died, when she says... They, they say it's hard to breathe. Well, guess what? That's always what they say because they're dying. It turns out when you're dying, you're a little short of breath. Uh, and uh, and they're like, well, I mean, listen. But Aunt Wu predicted the village wouldn't be destroyed, and it wasn't. She was right, after all. I hate you. You're fucking moving the goalposts, you pieces. He is the person that Shooter McGavin hires in Happy Gilmore to just constantly fuck with Happy Gilmore shit. So he's the one that, like, comes in and is like, Hey, Happy! <laughs> Your mom sucks! <laughs> hey, like, Sokka! Sokka's- you've got big-ass fucking ears, dude! He's like, what the fuck? And, uh... Uh, Mang, in the last moment of this episode, waves at Katara and goes, "See you later, floozy." She says, "She says floozy." She says floozy. Like she could, she could have just as easily said anything, but she went with floozy. Yeah, it, it's it doesn't age well. It doesn't read well. It's not a good look for her. Maybe Ang dodged a bullet here. So I, I think, uh, you know, at that time, again, babe, speaking of D&D, what, what time uh, is it? we've been, I think it's time to, we bought, we battled some pretty big monsters. Rolled some dice. I think it's time for some experience points. Level up, baby. Uncle, do you realize what this means? I won't get to finish my game. Shouldn't there be a board or some pieces or something to jangle? I won Dungeons and Dragons and it was advanced. Evil? Or maybe chaotic neutral. The Demogorgon! We're a deep shit. You've been shot by an arrow. Ow! Well, there'd be penalties to her experience if she acted out of alignment. So my critical success this episode was definitely uh, Aang when he he is able to airbend that amazing uh, wind wall. Yep. 
and save the entire village. So I will give Aang credit for that. And uh, that was definitely the best uh, that 20 of the episode. Uh, I will, uh, however, I would say my crit fail is Sokka for, with the fish. He literally had that fish and he just to had to be a smart ass and was like, smish, smish. had to get in that last little dig. And the smish was, the fish was like, no one, no one asked for you for your opinion. And, uh, fish slaps him. Yeah. Fish slaps him right in the face. So my, I'll start my crit, crit success. My crit success this week is the DM, because I think this is a perfect example of a good, like maybe you're between campaigns, maybe you're between big bads that you're fighting. This is a good side quest to put your characters through a little one shot. It's got a lot of little character development in the beginning. It's got a big threat that that takes some takes some some athletic know how and some some what's a who's it. But most importantly, it's following my favorite context of for writing a D and D session. And I encourage all of you to think about this if you're uh, writing D and D sessions of your own. Think about what events you want, what events would happen if the characters just didn't show up. <laughs> and so if the characters just didn't show up, we would have had a bunch of villagers uh, blindly following Aunt Wu and they would have all been cr- like burned to death by lava and it would have been horrible and terrible. So we enter our heroes and they change the events. And as the events change, the DM has a little more to go off of. They know what's coming. So they know what the char- what actions the characters subvert and what what they don't it's a good way to it's a good way to present a story without it feeling like it's on rails because you're adapting it as you go mm-hmm. my crit fail is also Sokka <laughs> but for what moment but a different moment so, uh, Sokka to me gets the crit fail for trying to predict the rain and he should have he went with anything else he rolled that nat one perception and the DM was like yeah as far as you can tell it's going to keep raining for a while and he's like oh yeah the rain will and of course he's wrong he gets made to look foolish even though he's right so Sorry, Sokka. Not not today, my brother. So that's it. That's the episode. We got next week. We got another fan favorite. Apparently, we just Time Lord Io. Everybody's loving this episode. Bato of the Water Tribe. Next week on Avatar, Sokka and Katara meet a friend of their father who offers to take them to join the Water Tribe's navy. Aang fears his friends will choose seeing their father again over staying with him. Uh, peace and love, everyone. And 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 suck on a few frogs for me. Bye, everyone. Bye.